Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, are you a terrorist? You may be and not know it because the language police, the left, the Biden administration, big tech, they're all coming together and they're going to, well, they're probably already doing it, frankly. They're going to be parsing every word you type or say in some chat room or on Facebook or Twitter, wherever, on your personal blog. And then who knows what's going to happen. Well, maybe a Virginia mom does because this lady escaped China. She got out of the hellhole that is communist China. Now she is ripping, ripping critical race theory. Will the liberal elites listen to a person who's actually lived under communism? I wouldn't bet on it, but we better pray they do. We're going to look at the whiteness of being woke. All the fake white liberals out there, folks. We're going to have a little funny bit about victimhood Olympics. And one moonbat knucklehead that may actually have gotten it through her head why she wasn't getting a job. And we're going to look at something related to spying on you and disinformation and disseminating that, the government, law enforcement, disseminating what, what you say and think. We're going to look at that, something called the Aspen Institute. I give you a hint as how bad it is. Katie Couric is uh, it's a big shot there. And my friends, we're also going to, if we have time, get to a piece by Salon comparing Donald Trump to the Confederacy. Oh, these knuckleheads never stop, do they? And they never will. That's all today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. Let's kick this pig, kids. Welcome, my friends, to Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen. And let's start on this story, which which really uh, really got to be. This is from Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. And let's talk about Loudoun County, Virginia. It's one of the, the uh, counties in, in far northern Virginia. Very liberal, uh, very leftist, increasingly leftist. And a Virginia mom there who endured life under Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong, if you prefer, his cultural revolution, which killed tens of millions of Chinese people, starved them, worked them to death, absolute treachery, misery, evil incarnate, uh, one of the worst examples, maybe the worst example of human rights, I, I can't even say abuses, uh, just atrocities is the only word you come up with, and democide by the wonderful Chinese government. But she immigrated to the United States, and she is not too happy with the Virginia school board, and she let them have it with both barrels at a public meeting uh, Tuesday over its stubborn support of the controversial critical race theory. Critical race theory, of course, comes from critical theory, which is based in Marxism. It's about division. It's about stirring up hatred, division, and 
basically it's intended to rip apart a society at every means, erase its history, its culture, its language, its its heritage, everything about it, its heroes. It is again, just like the Chinese Communist Party, it's evil. And this lady, uh, Z Van Fleet, said, "I've been very alarmed by what's going on in our schools." This is this she told to the Loudoun County School Board members. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Now, one thing I note about what she said, our culture, our history, our country, she's speaking like a patriotic American. This is a type of immigrant you want, my friends. You want immigrants who have escaped communism. Because they will understand how evil it is. Why do you think Trump won Florida by such a big margin? Because Cubans and Venezuelans, a lot of those in Florida, and they all understand communism, and they're never going to vote for a Democrat because the Democratic Party of today is basically a Marxist party. It's not left of center. It's Marxist. Uh, this lady likened CRT, sounds like a brain injury you have. And if, if you believe in critical race theory, you've got something wrong with your brain, no doubt about it. Uh, critics deride uh, CRT as a form of neo-racism. It's Marxism. Marxism will use any other ism to further itself. Sexism, racism, thisism, classism, it doesn't matter. They'll use any ism to gain power. That's what Marxism is about. But she com uh, compared the neo-racism to China's cultural revolution, a Mao-led purge that left between 500,000 and 20 million people dead for 1966 and 1976. I believe that number to be a lot closer to 20 million. Um, and if you've read some of the reports that were finally released, uh, maybe 10 years ago, it's, uh, it's sickening, sickening, sickening what Marxism is. Uh, the, the term the, the saying used to be better dead than red. I still fully subscribe to that theory. I will never live under communism. The estimates vary greatly. And many details have been shouted in secrecy for decades. Fox five reports. Yes. As I just said, because communists lie, they don't tell the truth. Uh, Van Fleet, whose son graduated from Loudoun High School in 2015, shared some of her experiences growing up in China's Sichuan province with Fox News exclusively Wednesday evening. And this story is actually from a couple weeks ago, I do believe. The Cultural Revolution began when she was six and immediately pitted students and teachers against one another by hanging big posters and hallways in the cafeteria where students could write criticism against anyone deemed, listen closely, ideologically impure. They remind you of the language the left's been using for a while now, and it's getting, they're ramping it up exponentially. Seems like every time you hear a leftist talk, they're a little more angry and bitter and anti-American than the last time. One of the teachers was considered a bourgeois, sorry, I butcher that word every time. Uh, because she liked to wear pretty clothes, Van Fleet says. So the students attacked her, spit on her. She was covered with spit, and pretty soon it became violence. So the rhetoric ramped up, ramped up, ramped up, ramped up. The propaganda ramped and ramped and ramped up. Eventually, violence broke out. Uh, communist squads would raid homes. Destroying any rel listen closely, my friends. This is as important as it gets. Communist squads would raid homes and destroy any relic of China's past culture, history, governments, and religion. What is the left doing right now? Think about it. It's not hard. You just have to accept what you're seeing, my friends, as uh, evil. Everything that was considered old, feudalist, a vase, Buddhas, everything was taken out and smashed. Everything. Everything from the past, erased, destroyed, rendered to dust. 
And then what? And there were thought crimes too. She said, we were asked to report if we hear anything about someone saying anything showing that there's a lack of complete loyalty to Mao. Ring a bell. There were people reporting their parents and the parents ended up in jail. The war on parental rights. Indoctrinating and brainwashing. Brainwashing is, is the term that should be used if conservatives were smart enough to all use that because it is brainwashing to hate their parents and turn their parents in. And what would the children become then when their parents are jailed? They become wards of the state, just like the left wants. At 26 years old, she said, she finally made it out, traveling to the U.S. where she immediately found freedom she had never been able to enjoy before. And if the left has their way, not too long, nobody will be able to enjoy those freedoms anymore in America. And yes, it is that dire the threat, my friends. I felt like it's such a free country, meaning I have free access to all sorts of information, books on both sides of the issues. In the current political and cultural climate in the U.S., however, she said she felt some of that freedom eroding. She probably feels it more, more than most Americans who watch the news every night and read, maybe read the newspaper in the morning because them and their college degrees, which are worthless, watching CNN and MSNBS and CBS and ABC News, what are they learning? They're just getting indoctrination. They're being told that anybody who raises any concerns about liberty eroding and critical race theory are just Neanderthals. We're just white supremacists. And Joe Biden. President Mumbles tells you, you're the greatest threat to, to anything in the world or white supremacists. I can't really just say what I mean, even though the other side can say whatever she said. To me and to a lot of Chinese, it is heartbreaking that we escaped communism and now we experience communism here. In her speech to the school board, which officials made her shorten to fit the one minute limit because no one can ever speak for more than a minute. How the hell are you supposed to get a message out in a minute? You can get some of it out. We see it on TV. We see it on Fox news, see it on Newsmax. I see it everywhere. Short little segments. Everyone has fallen into the trap of these short little segments, nothing intellectual, nothing, nothing really uh, informative comes out. You can scratch the surface of the surface, rather, but you can't really get in depth. And the news, they have no interest in it, really, say, uh, really, should I say, in her speech to the school board, which are, well, again, she did shorten. She drew direct parallels between what she saw back then in China and what she sees in the U.S. today. The communist regime, she said, used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. As I told you at the beginning, critical theory gave birth to critical race theory. They're using race now, not class, as their primary divider. And they're painting some races, white people, and increasingly Asian people, as just incredibly privileged and as non-feeling to any other race. We just don't care. We're just bad. We're inherently flawed. We're irrevocably flawed, just like they paint the United States as irrevocably flawed. And they must be taken down, reprogrammed. The nation must be rebuilt if we can ever have true democracy, which we aren't a democracy. We never were. Our founders were too smart to want a democracy. She said she witnessed students and teachers turn against each other during the pogrom and saw schools change their names. Listen to this, my friends. Saw schools change their names to be politically correct. Go to Richmond, Virginia now. Remember the first time I saw it in 90, uh, 92, saw it again in 94. Incredibly Beautiful statues of Lee and Jackson and Davis and Stewart. 
Now it looks like a third world freaking nation. The only statue left is Lee's and it's covered with graffiti by the trash of BLM and the idiots that support them who are destroying our history. They don't know it. They're too stupid to realize they're working against their own liberty. One day they'll wake up if we don't change course and they won't have any freedom to do anything at any time unless the government chooses to allow it. And that's a privilege, not a right. And if they say or do the wrong thing or worry the wrong leader one day, maybe they'll be like those useful idiots, which is what the Soviet Union used to call artists and actors, the people who helped the communists. They were useful idiots. They were idiots. They did not know what they were helping. And when they became inconvenient, inconvenient or not useful anymore, remember what happened to the useful idiots? That's right. Liquidated. We were taught to denounce our heritage. Sound familiar? And Red Guards destroyed anything that is not communist. Statues, books, and anything else, she continued. We were also encouraged to report on each other, just like the Student Equity Ambassador Program and the Bias Reporting System. College camps has been doing this for a while. Now it's come to the, to the high school, then it'll be junior high, then primary. It is a complete assault on everything American. This is indeed the American version, she said, of the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Their critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. And just a little irony, they reported Fox 5. Sounds like they're a pretty good station. A lot of local stations are pretty good with news. Uh, but her speech came 246 years after some other Virginian named Patrick Henry said famously, give me liberty or give me death. God bless men like Patrick Henry. Of course, he's being canceled too. Can't have that kind of thought about freedom and liberty. And the Loudoun County School Board has doubled down on its embrace of left-wing policies, including CRT in uh, recent months. Illustrating Van Fleet's point, a group of Loudoun County parents and teachers were accused of racketeering and intimidating conservative parents who raised questions about the radical proposals. Members of the anti-racist parents of Loudoun County allegedly compiled a list of outspoken conservatives in their community in order to track, hack, and dox them, or even scare them into self-censorship, according to David Gordon, director of the Virginia product, a project, which is a Republican pack. And this has been going on a while and there's other examples. It's a long piece. You ought to go read it. It's, it will be linked. And folks, this is, this should terrify you. It should really terrify you for people who are going to be around after this generation are gone. Okay, uh, it ought to scare the hell out of you. This is a, a weapon of mass destruction aimed at the heart of America. Leftism is evil. It destroys everything it touches. And you're seeing it right now. And thank God for people who are pushing back. But we all need to push back harder and harder and harder. And here's a kind of a funny little story, kind of ironic, sad, but ironic and funny. Uh, Dodge and Mrs. Middle Finger, it's a great blog. And the uh, lovely lady that runs that, despite being an LSU fan, she's all right. She has a tweet up and the title is uh, title of her blog post is Today in Victimhood Olympics. And this is from June the 16th. So... Yeah, about four days ago. And there's a lady, or is it a man? I'm not sure. You can't be sure anymore. Kay Rambo tweeted that after my internship ended at the Oregonian last year, I didn't get a single interview until 
I stopped including my pronouns on my resume and cover letter. Yeah, because while you have a right to do that, and that may make you feel all woke and cool, and I woke AF, bitches. Yeah, it may make you feel that way, you walking idiot. But the fact is that anyone looking to hire you, you know what they see? If they have an ounce of intelligence, they see future lawsuit for uh, for your dismissal. Because if you're that into the the, the uh, wokeism, you're going to be a problem. You're going to create problems. They're going to have to get rid of you. You may sue them for uh, what is it? Uh, improper improper firing. I can't recall the the specific term for it. Uh, I think about that a lot. When I see discussions about diversity in journalism and who gets a fair shake in this industry. Look, if you want a fair shake in journalism, your choice is what? If you have if you get hired, then you can be a journalist. But showing your yourself to be a radical leftist in your cover letter on your resume ain't gonna work out for you, dummy. But it's kind of, uh, this is kind of funny. I like this. At Dodgeness, she writes, The above tweet is from a retreat by James Woods of one of our virtue-signaling, gender-confused fellow citizens. A male, a hot is a male, who believes they are female and an inspiring journalist who seems to have a lack of real-world awareness as many of his, her, uh, their generation do about what makes the world go round. The tweet says a lot about its author. So I've endeavored to provide some understanding to this poor soul as to why they were ignored by the captains of capitalism and not awarded for the desired timely employment. You lament about diversity and fair shakes in the media. Pay attention. They don't apply to you. You're white, sweetie. Your virtue signaling isn't valued in the real world. It's a toy of the left, advertisers, and social media. It serves no real-world usefulness other than to make you look stupid to reasonable people. Here on planet Earth, announcing one's pronouns is more of a warning than a piece of information. Adding pronouns to resumes and cover letters may be construed as a structural bias in your reporting and represent a questionable mental state. Pronouns are not objective information. It's an attempt to control how people are allowed to speak to you. A sign of high drama people with all the trappings of an overindulged, woke generation. And of course, there is always a chance that it has nothing to do with your pronouns at all. You could have just sucked at your job of journalism. Then she has at the end, personally, I think it was her mustache. <laughs> Oh, God bless this lady. Gosh, she's a, she doesn't blog a whole bunch, but man, she rips into people. She's hilarious. Uh, she's she's like the same coin as me, but the other side, the, the better looking side, of course. Now let's talk a little bit about whether or not you, my friends, you are a terrorist threat. The other McCain has a piece up, and it starts out because Joe Biden, the Biden administration, has asked Americans, because he says white supremacy is the biggest threat ever, He, his administration has asked Americans to report potentially radicalized friends and family, because you can't love somebody if you're not willing to spy on them. The other McCain, Robert Stacey McCain, writes, if we're going to start pointing fingers at extremists, what about you or me? Who among us is safe from the shadow of suspicion? And then from Breitbart, we get this. President Joe Biden's administration announced their plans to create four ways for Americans to report radicalized friends and family to the government in an effort to fight domestic terrorism. In a conversation with reporters, one senior administration official explained the importance of stopping politically fueled violence before it started. 
we will work to improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs, officials said. I don't know if they actually talk like that, but to me, they probably do. The official cited the Department of Homeland Security's If You See Something, Say Something campaign to help stop radical Islamic terror as a domestic possibility. This involves creating context in which those who are family members or friends or coworkers know that there are pathways and avenues to raise concerns and seek help for those who they have perceived to be radicalizing and potentially radicalizing toward violence, the official said. Biden began his presidency with a stark warning in his inauguration speech, the one the media loves so much. He bemoaned the rise in political extremism, in other words, being a Republican, white supremacy, again, being a Republican, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. On June 1st, Biden described the threat of white supremacy as the most lethal threat to the homeland today. The Biden administration said it would also work with large technology companies on increased information sharing to help combat radicalization. And if you've got a brain in your head, and I know you do because you're listening to me, so you've got taste, my friends, and you've got intellect, there's no doubt about it, and you're a patriot, and thank you for that. But the fact is, my brain asked the question while I was reading that the first time, who's going to be deciding? Who's going to be placed in position to judge what is radical, what is dangerous, what is threatening? Who needs to be investigated? Who needs to maybe have their guns taken away? Who needs to be arrested and put in a mental facility to be studied? Any particular tech company often knows its own platforms very well, the official noted, but the government sees things, actually threats of violence across platforms. They see the relationship between online recruitment, radicalization, and violence in the physical world. The Department of Homeland Security also plans to deploy digital literacy and digital fitness. There'll probably be jumping jacks involved with that one. Programs to help combat malicious content online that bad actors deliberately try to disseminate. Are you encouraging skepticism toward the Biden administration policy? Mr. McCain asks. That's malicious content. You extremist. Got a Trump bumper sticker on your car? Your neighbors will rat you out to the Department of Homeland Security because obviously that's threatening behavior. And how about unindicted co-conspirators for January 6th? And uh, you should go to the other McCain, read the whole piece. Uh, Very concerning. I don't trust the left with any of my rights. Because basically the left doesn't believe I have any rights. The left believes government, they're collectivists. Everything is should be collected in the federal government. If they really had their wet dream come true, it would be an international government. We could all pray and, and beg for some semblance of, of, of right to do anything, like speak our mind. So, yeah, I am uh, I'm very concerned about this. This is scary stuff, folks. Scary, scary stuff. And I want to run a little short on time here. That or I can just keep flapping my gums. What do you think? Now, if I was a preacher, it was a church on Sunday and they gave you a choice. Should I preach longer or should I shut up? Most people would say, oh, yeah, keep preaching. While they're thinking, I just want to go get some lunch right now. Um, but she shut up. But anyway, I'm not a preacher. I don't even play one on the radio or the website, or TV. Although, I probably should be on TV. You know what I should be on TV? I should be a regular guest on The Five and The Greg Gutfeld Show. Best show on TV right now, as far as news, is is Gutfeld. He's a smart guy. He reminds me with his sarcastic, off-the-wall humor of me. Except I'm more handsome, even though I couldn't prove it, because you'd never see me on TV. But my friends, let's dog into the the whiteness of woke. Daniel Greenfield uh, writing this, and Daniel Greenfield 
is a national treasure. And we're going to listen to Mr. Greenfield. I'll tell you what, uh, he has a great way of explaining things without uh, without being boring and, and kind of uh, stale. He is, as I said, a national treasure. And let's get into that right now. The whiteness of woke. Now, <clears throat> now, excuse me, lost my voice for a second there. Uh, Daniel Greenfield writes that wokeness means believing that politics is all there is to life. <clears throat> And nothing is whiter than that. Those minorities who form the backbone of the activist and voting blocks of identity politics don't care about politics. Identity politics is politics to white wokes and identitarianism to minorities. Critical race theory is only a theory to white people. To everyone else, it's tribal hatred. <clears throat> Political theories are abstractions. Tribal identity is very real. Wokeness is concerned with getting white people to buy into tribal identity as a political abstraction rather than a real force. White wokes turned race into the abstraction of, that is whiteness. What is whiteness? It's unconscious cultural habits and ways of thinking. The notion that race is a set of ideas rather than a tangible reality, would be vocally, de vocally denied by both white and black racial identitarians. The consequence of race as an abstraction is a transracial idea that, major that minorities can become infected with internalized whiteness and the spread of multiracial whiteness. If minorities can become whites, it follows that white wokes can become minorities by shedding their whiteness whiteness is a racial consciousness but based on marx's power relations not blood not soil or genetics let alone the crude resentment of the other that lurks at the heart of raw tribalism critical race theory hijacks racism and racial identity to replace it with marxist theories white wokes use critical race theory the way the the elites always use Marxist theory to compete with more successful people of their own upper class. Class warfare was never about the rise of the oppressed. Lenin was a member of the mobility, nobility, excuse me. Mao's father was a landlord and a moneylender, and Castro, a wealthy law student whose father owned a plantation. Critical race theory is designed to thin out the overproduction of elites. It's a weapon against meritocracy by the same mediocre cliques looking for a shortcut in the competition. Executives force critical race theory into the workplace to shut down ambitious younger rivals. Suburban soccer moms of dumber kids go woke and push it into schools to even the playing field. What's whiteness? As the Smithsonian Museum of African American Culture's chart of white culture put it, whiteness covers everything from a serious work ethic to self-reliance, rational thinking, delayed gratification, achieving goals, being on time, and finally, competition. Get rid of academic standards, intellectual seriousness, punish excess, and the mediocre woke white elites who first created quota systems a century ago, have much more of a shot at the top. It's called dumbing everything down, my friends. The inherent assumption of class warfare was that the proles would be too backwards to be a competitive threat. The racist assumption behind critical race theory is that black people can't compete. If the wokes thought otherwise, they would be denouncing black people as racist the way that Asian Americans and Jews are, are repeatedly accused of racism and privilege. Being accused of group privilege isn't an insult. It's a backhanded compliment. Wokes pander to those groups they think of as inferior and attack those groups they see as competition. Notice a pattern here, don't you? Maybe you're looking at this and have never really thought about it in this way. White wokes embrace anti-white racism the way that wealthy white lefties championed class warfare. It's not self-hatred, but hatred of more successful members of the groups by enlisting those below them 
who they don't see as competitors to bring down more successful rivals. Muddying the waters. Diluting the waters, however you want to put it. Dumbing people down. But, uh, uh, Greenfield continues, the identitarian racism they're cultivating among minorities is not theatrical, theoretical or hypothetical, and neither is the response among working-class whites whom they once courted and abandoned. Racial consciousness may only be a theory to woke elites, but it's not theatrical, theoretical, excuse me, to the people they're pitting against each other. Identity politics is the only politics to elites. It's identity to everyone else, and in a country losing the commonalities of religion and patriotism, it's lethal. Building a Marxist flavor of racism makes elites Marxist and everyone else racist. And you should go read this whole piece. It is lengthy. Uh, a lot of Daniel Greenfield's uh, writings are. You can read him at Front Page Magazine and at his own blog, danielgreenfield.org. And the title of this piece is uh, The Whiteness of Woke. And again, you will see things a little differently. And you will think about things a little differently as to what's behind wokeness. Ultimately, it's all about power and control and it's all about keeping certain people to them in their position so they can just perpetuate their their privilege i guess you'd call it their position and it's easier to divide others than excel yourself now let's get to the final final piece for the federalist christopher bedford writing about the aspen institute never heard of it have you Sounds like some type of medical facility, maybe. Maybe you have a brain tumor or, uh, I don't know, three three big toes on your left hand, which would be really bad. Um, but uh, it is actually something quite different, and Bedford explains it. Most people haven't heard of the Aspen Institute. Others maybe recall some mention of their annual Aspen ID, Ideas Festival. A few more might somewhat remember a minor Minor political dust-up from 2020 when Michael Bloomberg, who was blowing money on a doom bid for president, had to grovel and beg forgiveness for simply stating the facts on crime at an Aspen conference five years prior. The festival, which The Economist called a mountain retreat for the liberal elite and a corporate never-never land, refused to release the video. It's a safe space for the right types of people. And liberal billionaires, technocrats, are precisely the right type of people. And you better believe the right types of people are sitting on the Institute's Commission on Information Disorder. That's the ICID. I guess you would call it ICID. It's ICID. It's wicked ICID, dude. Uh, behind the psychiatric name, the commission is a group of liberal activists, donors, journalists, and tech executives, a disgraced foreign royal, and even a corporate senior vice president of social impact who must be in charge of all the junior corporate vice presidents for diversity. For the past six months, this liberal dream team has been hard at work on their big report to help the federal government work with corporations to squash news that they call disinformation. That's right. If you've seen Facebook lately, every time you try to post something, it's got a warning. This, uh, this is why this story is this, and this is, and I ignore it. I'm, I'm looking to read a story. I want to read what it says. I'll fact check myself. I'll fact check the story. I don't need help. Facebook. I'm also noticing on Facebook and on Twitter a lot of uh, a lot of filling in words. I'll start to write something, and I'll just keep writing. And I, when I go back to read the post on Facebook or Twitter, there's words there I didn't put in there. I might have started writing the word "silly," and instead of "silly," it's "silicone" or something. So I don't know what's going on with that. That's a new feature I don't like. 
I'll I'll spell check myself, grammar check myself, fact check myself. Thank you, I'm an adult. Facebook. Thank you, I'm an adult. Twitter. So back to this. What? So what will this disinformation be? A look at the commissioners hints strongly that it will be you, me, and anyone else who disagrees with Katie Couric and her left wing friends. Katie Couric specifically, because she sits on the commission, wants a household name for a long role on NBC's The Today Show, including nine years of smiling and bantering with serial creep and accused company rapist Matt Lauer. Couric was canceled in uh, 2013 after failing to earn ratings on her own show <laughs> because she has no damn talent and slowly drifted into obscurity, which is exactly where a talentless hack like Katie Couric belongs. From her landing spot, an online show with Yahoo, Couric ran a disinformation campaign against an investigator who had exposed Planned Parenthood for selling harvested body parts from aborted babies. Yeah, they were t- they were reporting truth and facts. Couric had to had to stop them. Couric falsely claims the videos were doctored and ran puff pieces on the president of the country's largest abortion clinic. In her spare time, Couric is a abortion activist and says her activism inspired by her mother, whose pregnancy she clearly survived. Kirk also used her internet show to falsify document uh, documentary interviews with gun owners. I blogged about this. I wrote about this. And she asked some really insightful question. And all the, the people who were against gun control, the pro-gun gun activists, the normal people, they they the the looks on her face they're all confused by this question how could they ever answer it the whole argument of the pro gun side had just been destroyed except on the actual show when you watched it they knocked the the question she asked she knocked they knocked the answers out of the damn park and blew her away but it was selectively edited where it looked like they were oh my god we really don't know what we're talking about Again, if you're a liberal, a leftist, you have to lie to win an argument because you can't win with facts. In the in that case, the deception was so embarrassing. Listen carefully. Even at CNN and the New York Times called it out. Yeah, even CNN and the New York Times called out Couric for for absolutely faking it which I guess that, that'd be the only way to put it. The Washington Post said falsely depicts gun supporters as idiots and was just plain wrong. The Washington Post said that. How much of a hack do you have to be, Katie Kirk, to get caught up by CNN, the Washington Post, and the New York Times? While the director took the blame and apologized, Kirk defended her disinformation. While at 64 years of age, her television career is now largely relegated to trying to guest host a game show, Kirik was invited on real time with Bill Maher in January after uh, Joe Biden had won the presidency. There she lashed out at the half of the country who voted a way she didn't like, who supported the conservative populist Trump administration, saying the question is how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Yeah, she's not a biatch, is she? Not at all. Keurig is joined on the commission by Catherine Murdoch, uh, the wife of billionaire heir James Murdoch. That's Rupert's Murdoch, his liberal son. Catherine's biography on the website of the company she founded claims she started her career as a marketing and communications executive in New York and Hong Kong before launching and selling a clothing design company. Corroborating information on her past is hard to come by, although an early 2008 mention in, of her in Vanity Fair might dispute her company bio, describing her as an Oregon-born model who met her rich husband at a yacht party in, yacht party in Sydney, Australia. Oh, so she was basically a skank in a bikini, maybe. I don't know. I'm not accusing. I'm just saying possibly. 
It could be that she was using her her young hotness to seduce an older guy who had a lot of money. That would make her a... Nah, let's not go there. Today, Catherine and her husband are together among the biggest super donors in left-wing politics. In 2020, they gave roughly $12.2 million to federal committees, ranking 24th, 25th, excuse me, on Open Secrets list of top donors. The Donor Transparency site reports she also donated $540,000 to the Democratic Future Forward PAC and $300,000 to Unite the Country, a pro-Biden PAC. I wonder how many, uh, I wonder how much college debt could be paid off with that money. How many uninsured people, how many people uh, have their house paid off? People struggling. How she could directly help people. Of course, she never does, does she? No. No, they just give money to these big organizations to get their way because they're not really about helping people, they're about helping themselves. And it goes on more and more money that she gave. And then there's Prince Harry. He also sits on a commission. That was the disgraced royal Prince Harry, whose uh, whose nuts are still apparently still in Meghan McCain's, or not Meghan McCain, Meghan Markle's pocket. He might be in Meghan McCain's. I don't know. I don't threesome. I don't know. But Meghan Markle, she has his nuts exactly where she wants them. When she's not crying that she's a victim somehow. He's the one, remember just recently, called the U.S. Bill of Rights, especially the freedom of speech, bonkers. Strong language from a former prince. While admitting free speech is a huge subject and one I don't understand. Of course you don't, Prince Harry. Because you're the guy flying around on private jets telling people how bad they are that on SUVs and that climate change is going to kill us all. Yeah, that's you, Prince Harry. There's Rashad Robinson, also made the Truth Commission's cut, co-chairing Aspen's effort from his perch as a president of Color of Change. That organization was founded by fired Obama's uh, green job czar, Van Jones, an avowed communist, and the director of the left-wing activist organization, MoveOn.org. Talk about some sleazeballs. And its claim to fame is intimidating conservative donors and corporations who donate to Republican and conservative causes by threatening them with public campaigns, effectively silencing oppositions to Democratic initiatives. In other words, Rashad Robinson is a thug. Also included is Marla Blow, a senior vice president of Social Impact at the MasterCard Center for Inclusive Growth. A uh, Democratic politician, Aaron Ford, is also on the list. Democratic mega-donor Craig Newmark, whose personal nonprofit is fully funding the commission, Chris Krebs, who is previous, who in his previous role overseeing the 2020 election, security, <laughs> wow, is that a loaded one? Uh, infamously went down above his pay, uh, went above his pay grade when he called it the most secure election in American history. And Alex Stamos, a former Facebook exec, who said the problem with tackling conservative television networks, oh, ANN, that's One Action News Network, and Newsmax is that these companies have freedom of speech, can't have that, and suggested that corporate cable providers should take it upon themselves to shut them down. So these people and others, they're going to be the people to decide what disinformation is. They want to shut down networks, news networks, and they're going to lecture anyone else on disinformation. And then there's Alex Stamos. Oh, I already covered him. I'm sorry. In total, there are 14 people on this commission. Uh, it does include one Republican, a former representative, Will Hurd. Will Hurd was a very liberal uh, Texas uh, representative and uh, not really a Republican. Hurd's inclusion in this group was characterized by American Principles Project President 
Terry Schilling as part of the typical progressive playbook of let's pretend we aren't biased, let's pretend we're nonpartisan, we'll include a token Republican who's not really conservative to say that it's bipartisan. Yeah, it's kind of like the Lincoln Project without the kids, of course. Our Sterling Commission's interim report is reportedly due before June 19th. Bedford writes, and but we know already... No, we already know what's coming, don't we? That's right. They'll blame you. They'll blame me. All these damn right wingers, gun nuts, you name it. Uh, again, the war on liberty by the left. It just keeps coming, folks. A lot of fights to get into. A lot of fights that need to be won, and a lot of a lot of hard work. Whatever your talent is, please take some time and invest that talent. Writing, speaking. Maybe you're rich, you donate, whatever it can be, activism, uh, bringing groups together. But we have to push back on this. We have to push back at every turn. This is our country we're trying to save. And no, that's not hyperbole. That's just cold, hard facts. And that's my limit for my voice today. My friends, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. For those who wish to contribute to the DailyGator.com, the blog that started it all, or the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast, pissing and offending liberals every chance I get. If you want to do that, go to, if you want to be a monthly subscriber, you can go to anchor.dughagan and you can set up where you can be a monthly contributor. I appreciate it. If you don't wish to, that's fine. If you wish to contribute nothing, that's fine, too. If you want to make a one-time or every once-in-a-while contribution, go to the Daily Gator. First post is a sticky post. There's a PayPal button uh, there. I believe it says PayNow or hit, hit my tip jar, one of the two. But anyway, you can go there and contribute if you wish. I appreciate it if you do. For those who have, have signed up, I appreciate it very much. I'm doing my best to save this country, folks, and I know y'all are too. Keep fighting. Don't give up. And remember always the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, as always, go Gators. We'll talk to you soon, my friends. God bless. I'll try to get one of these out tomorrow. Take care.